It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there. My name's Michael Laminato, and this is Race Day at the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts, and on today's episode, Max Verstappen dominates Red Bull Racing's home Grand Prix, sweeping to a comfortable victory and even taking the bonus point for fastest lap with a high-risk late pit stop. Ferrari is back on the podium with Charles Leclerc in a comfortable second, and the Italian team leaves Austria feeling optimistic that it's on the up again thanks to a raft of new upgrades. And the race is marred by a marathon Sunday night stewards investigation into track limits that changed the finishing order and has the sport asking serious questions about the Red Bull ring. To talk us through an action-packed final day in Austria, including what went wrong for Aston Martin and Mercedes, it's over now to your host, Julianne Serasoli. It was another easy win for Max Verstappen, although Ferrari showed some encouraging pace and managed to get the second podium position in two days in Austria. But it wasn't an easy day for the FIA once again, with a festival of track limit issues. It's Julian Serrazoli here, trying to make some sense of the white line mess and exploring some other interesting points we saw this Sunday here in Austria. So why is it so hard to keep the cars inside the track at the Red Bull Ring? They are among the best drivers in the world. They know they will receive penalties if they get the four wheels outside the white line, but even so, the Austrian Grand Prix had a flood of penalties. We had seven drivers penalized for track limits during the race. Then the FIA recognized they still had 1,200 possible infringements. And five hours after the race was finished, we had a final classification with another 12 penalties for eight drivers. Yes, Esteban Ocon managed to pick up four different penalties in a total of 30 seconds. So if you switched off the TV after the race thinking you knew the result, like you usually do with other sports, I gotta tell you, well, the podium was the same, Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, but Sainz dropped from fourth to sixth, Hamilton, Gasly, Ocon, De Vries, Snowda, Albon and Sargent were also penalized. So the rest of the top 10 was Norris in fourth, then Alonso, Sainz, Russell, Hamilton, Stroll and Gasly. No penalty would keep Max Verstappen from winning the race though. He had a 25 second lead and stopped in the end to put fresh tires to get the fastest lap, which he did. And he won by a 5.1 margin, so just enough to escape even if he had a penalty, which made some people joke that even that shows how much control he's got over everything at the moment. We'll go back to the race itself in a moment. First, how to explain the track limits dilemma. 
Of course, it's a Red Bull ring problem, especially in turns 9 and 10, because the Austrians don't want to listen to the FIA's request to put gravel there, saying this would be dangerous for bikes, which would. Uh, it's a no discussion, it's not something new, and once again, they are going to be asked to change the track by the FIA. But if the drivers know they will get penalties, why do they still leave the track? There are a few factors to explain this. The position in which they are in the car does not facilitate visibility. Fernando Alonso and Guanyu Joe recalled after the race that at the beginning of the year, F1 had to increase the bracket that marks the grid positions, precisely because drivers were stopping outside the bracket because they couldn't see where the bracket was. So it's more or less the same problem they have with the white lines, mainly in those corners. That's part of the reason. But Alonso pointed out that, okay, if there's a wall, we have to see it. We have to know where it is. So it's up to us uh, to know where the white line is. But it's not always easy. Landon Norris explained that when you are fighting for a position with turbulent air, your car tends to be a bit more oversteery or sometimes the wind changes and or maybe you attack the inside curb a little bit more. It's just centimeters that end up making a huge difference with these penalties. So it's very difficult to judge these small margins, these small centimeters when you are in a 270 kilometer per hour corner. And then he went on to say that the dream for them would be to have gravel 20 centimeters after the exit as they do have in other corners at the Red Bull ring. Other drivers left the race without really understanding their penalties. Alex Albon said he heard the first warning. So drivers are warned when the stewards see they left the track and can do that three times before getting a five second penalty after the fourth. So he thought he was taking it easy on the next laps after the first warning. And only three, four laps later, he heard his quota, so to speak, was up and he got a penalty. And he said something interesting also. Uh, he said, oh, people will say, oh, these guys are good. They should be able to stay within the lines. But also we are here because we are the ones who can push harder, who can go to the limit. So there are the two sides of the story. But this needs to be solved, doesn't it? because we are talking about it and not about a race with many interesting points, some action and even an overtake for the lead, although it wasn't really hard for Verstappen to overtake the clerk. This only happened because Red Bull and Ferrari took different approaches when the virtual safety car was called on lap 15. Verstappen stayed out and so did Paris. So Paris was copying the same thinking Ferrari had in Canada during an early safety car. Because as the Mexican was in traffic, he was starting in 15th position, staying out meant he could do his own pace. So that meant he managed to get even a better result than Red Bull was estimating before. Red Bull was thinking he could be fourth or fifth and he ended up being third in the race. So Ferrari pitted both drivers this time and maybe they could have split strategies as they were both too close to each other to make it work. As in Canada, Sainz was faster than Leclerc at this stage and didn't attack to respect the team's instructions. Having to back off to be able to do a double stack, so Ferrari could do a double stack, 
Then Sainz lost three positions. He had to overtake on track, got a bit frustrated and was one of the drivers penalized for track limits in the end. But this different approach during the VSC didn't change the story of the race. Verstappen was already building a good gap. He had six seconds at this stage and he was going to win anyway. The only difference was that now he would have to overtake both Leclerc and Sainz after his first stop, but he did that easily. The VSC just made it harder to judge Ferrari's pace as Leclerc and Sainz had to do long stints and manage that. But both drivers were really happy with the evolution of the car. We've seen many times this year Leclerc complaining about one compound and Sainz about the other, but not in Austria. They seem to have made a breakthrough with the car, plus this track suits the Ferrari, and their rivals were nowhere. Lando Norris crossed the line in fifth position and ended up being classified in fourth position because of Sainz's penalty, and at some point he was running close to Sainz at the track, although that was more due to the three DRS zones than pure pace. He thinks that if he wasn't for these laps, kind of being dragged by the Ferrari, he would have been overtaken by Fernando Alonso. But anyway, the whole weekend was very encouraging for McLaren. And remember, they still have more to come in terms of new parts in the next couple of races. So Fernando wasn't as sure on whether he could catch Lando or not. He thinks uh, Aston's pace was quite similar to McLaren's. It's the second track Aston suffers a bit more. The first one was Spain. In Canada, they thought the updates had worked, but now they start to think it could have been track related. So they are a little bit concerned at the moment. Another team very happy to leave Austria was Mercedes. George Russell managed to get some points after starting out of the top 10, but Lewis Hamilton went backwards in the race both said the car must have been out of the operational window because it wasn't responding the way it should have. Mercedes never do quite well in Austria anyway and expect a different scenario in Silverstone next weekend. So that's it from Austria. A good weekend for Ferrari, for McLaren and not so good for Aston and Mercedes. An important recovery for Paris and just another normal Grand Prix for Max Verstappen. Bye-bye. Thanks very much to Julianne, who's been in Spielberg all weekend, bringing us the latest from the Austrian Grand Prix. You'll hear from Julianne again later this season, but for now you can find her on social media. Just check the links in the show description. Make sure you don't miss an update from the British Grand Prix this weekend by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, you can check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Stay ahead of the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week from dirt to asphalt. We have you covered. 
the Hammer Down Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.